0: Welcome to Timely Wisdom with Drs. Kylie Bradford, Sarita Wright, Brenda Wallace, Carolyn Carlisle, and I am Vinice Burns. You can watch us live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Central Standard Time. Follow us on Facebook, subscribe on YouTube. Today, our guest is Dr. S.C. Clark George, Things I Would Change. This was recorded on May 11, 2021. Talking about trailblazers, this woman is a trailblazer. We are blessed um, to have um, with us today the Reverend Dr. Essie Clark George. Y'all, her bio is extensive, right? We'll start um, with the fact that she has a master's of divinity degree in pastoral care and counseling from McCormick Theological Seminary and also a doctor of ministry degree. Listen to this, in urban and rural revitalization. McCormick. Come on. We give wow. God praise for that. Wow. She's a Christless, yeah. certified Christ-less uh, counselor. She got that from Northeastern Illinois and Chicago. She has educational and training, professional service in geriatrics and gerontology. Y'all hear that? That wow. is so oh, Yes. yes um, we her. She, she comes also um, in the secular. She worked really hard service coordinator for the United States Department of Urban um, Development the shore bank corporation y'all hear this y'all this is who we have with us today um listen listen right she served as a guest lecturer for women authority and leadership in christianity and islam Mm, and she did that in london in london y'all she did a guest lecture in london she's a member of the national association of professional women um she is um um, what we call, she is the one that, that that took the reins reins of the Commission of Concerns of Women in Ministry. And I'm telling you, y'all talking about a voice that was unafraid mm-hmm. to speak to, to power. This is who um, she has been. She served as the Dean of Leadership Training School in Michigan, Indiana region. Um, mm-hmm. She's a member of the NAACP. She's a contributing writer to Jet Magazine. She's a board mm-hmm. a member of the African-American Leadership Partnership of McCormick Theological Seminary. She has served as a pastor, presiding elder in this church, in the Christian Methodist Episcopal Church, just a few months shy of 23 years. Just a few months shy of 23 years. And I just didn't want to hear all the noise and see all the other comments. I just say this one for last. And she happens to be a member of that sorority. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, De- oh, yes. Delta. us uh, <laughs> <worry. laughs> oh, oh, All of, of y'all first, and then she goes, she messes up. <laughs> so, if you uh, all will welcome the Reverend Dr. S.C. Clark George um, with us on today, um, welcome her here and we don't need to see none of them deltas doing none of that stuff um, in the chat today. This is holy ground. This is this is timely. Okay.
1: <laughs> Come on, timely, Hello, <laughs> of wisdom so warm.
0: Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dr. George, um, welcome um, here to talk about things that you would change. You have just um, just tremendous um, kind of a broad um, um, uh, training and perspective. But before we get into that, we have a lot of questions. We kind of want to hit you with an audience. We want you to be keyboard ready um, with your questions for us as well. But our first question that we always ask our guest is, "How you doing in
2: these COVID streets?" How you doing? Thank you so much, uh, Dr. Burns, for asking that question. How am I doing uh, in these COVID streets? I am uh, managing quite well. Uh, I have learned uh, during this time to reach back uh, in my mind's eye mm. and pull up some of my resources from gerontology and geriatrics. And uh, just learn to care for the old girl and uh, the spouse, uh, uh, number one, uh, to make sure that I try to eat right, uh, make sure my husband uh, eat right when he's not sneaking uh, to the refrigerator (laughs) and uh, to keep uh, uh, a steady Prayer life uh, going, and um, to be watchful uh, onto prayer mm. as we move. As I have moved thus far through this time, um, uh, I, my pace, my steps are slower, uh, but sure. And so I'm grateful. I'm, I'm grateful. I'm I'm doing well. I've had both of my shots. And um, my husband has two, and I'm grateful to the Lord uh for that. Uh mm-hmm. and I'm trying to be watchful. I don't know mm-hmm. if I answered your questions, but I'm doing pretty good. Doing pretty good.
0: Yes. Wow. 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 Mm-hmm. Welcome. Um, um let's kind of begin the conversation and I'll start with one of uh these questions that that's you know, curious um, for someone like you, my co-host will join in with some other questions, but but tell us how has the transition for you? Um, I know you say in this season, you're being watchful, careful, you're slower, but, but slower, but you still have so much power. Every time I hear you, you know, you speak with power, you walk with power, you present yourself with power, power and grace. And so how has the transition from full-time pastor and the presiding elder to, um, to retirement? How has that been for you?
2: Um, um, hmm. It has been good because I started, thank you for the question. I started retiring before I retired. <laughs> well, sorry. Okay. Um, uh, uh, I, I, I've pastored for 25 years in the CME church. Okay. And um, the last year I heard the voice of a cousin of mine, Uh, Her name is Lois Gardner. And when Lois was retiring uh, from Bryant Brothers Packing Company in Mississippi, one day I was at her house and she shared with me, she said, S. I said, yeah. She said, I'm getting ready to retire. She said, so I'm cutting back. Mm -hmm. I heard that voice. She said, I'm cutting back. She said, I'm going to buy less. And save more. And uh, I started uh, buying less and adhering to what I heard from her and putting money aside. Uh, I started uh, crying because I knew that I would be leaving the ministry that I loved. and appreciated down through the years. Mm-hmm. And so I started letting go of things. letting go. Letting go little by little, step by step. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first thing um I did was I enrolled in a CPE class. Mm-hmm. Oh, y'all don't want to go with me. <laughs> but mm-hmm. I did, I needed. To go and uh, work on myself uh, for my new path,
0: That's so, so I
2: enrolled in a CPE class immediately after retirement, hmm. which okay. was a four-year—I mean, a four-month uh, course—and mm-hmm. I um, every Wednesday I cried. Every Wednesday was all day to exfoliate, uh, every Wednesday was, uh, day to, um, uh, give back, um, what we gained from the week from the patients. Mm -hmm. And so I was able to identify the old girl in me. I went back to Mississippi and found Essie again. And in so doing, I, well, in so doing, I, uh, I, I was able to forgive myself for some things. Mm. Uh, I was able to see my mother's wisdom. Good God Almighty. I was able to see how she managed eight children and an alcoholic husband. uh, And yet make each one of us feel special. Mm. I saw her in in a a new light. What I thought was her weaknesses Mm -hmm. was her Mm strengths. And I cannot wait to get home Mm -hmm. to go to the graveyard and read my letter.
0: Mm -hmm. Um,
2: Mm
0: -hmm.
1: CPE will do that
2: for you. I am. Yes, yes. yes. Who, who Who was your educator? My educator is a young woman by the name of Danielle. The, uh, the yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She's dangerous. Yes, I love Daniela. Yes, 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 yes. yes. She called me mom. <laughs> oh, I'm I'm auntie now to her. All right, all so, right. So um that was the first thing I did. Mm. Um, uh and from there. I, I, um, I emerged with a thirst to uh, celebrate uh, women and uh, girls, or girls and women mm. uh, by starting a new ministry. Uh, and the reason I say women is because of the oppression I felt as a girl. Mm-hmm. I left home looking to get away from oppression, a post-state of Mississippi, still the poorest state in the Union. Um I left home trying to get away from it, and um uh, came to Chicago of all places, and uh I walked into more. So I've I've been on a, a search to help bring about wholeness in, in the life of, uh, sisters. Now I do know, um, uh, that there's nothing like men and especially a black man, uh, that there's nothing like him nowhere. I esteem him highly. Um, and y'all don't want to hear my spiel on that, but, uh, I do esteem mm-hmm. him highly, and, um, Uh, I I look at a brother from a new eyes Mm. and and those eyes are they are under the same oppression. I haven't always had that level of growth and development, but they are under the same oppression that we're under this system that we live in, Mm. uh, this system that we live in. And so I have a new appreciation for brothers, but even more so more uh, compassion for um, my sisters Mm -hmm. across this nation. Um, uh, that's where I am. And, and um, I run before I take it back.
1: Mm. Um, Oh, Dr. George. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for that big old
2: plug for CPE. (laughs) You know, that's my heart. That is my heart. Um, I have a new respect, a brand new respect for um, clinical pastoral education. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think uh,
1: with your voice, every every minister, every female minister mm-hmm. needs to find a class, needs to find some way, or if not, call me and we'll mm-hmm. help you. Um, so how are you, you know, this is a new season with new CPE
2: knowledge, with new knowledge. How, how, are, you, how are you handling this season in your life? Um, I wrote some stuff down that I thought Because that was the question that kept coming to mind, how am I handling this season? So I would like to say that I'm handling this season by the grace of God. Um, By God's grace, uh, primarily because I realize my weaknesses. I don't want to come off real preacherish, but... I, I cannot help myself. I'm, I'm um, yes, Lord. I'm I'm handling this season. Um, um, looking back over my shoulders. If you look on my wall, you'll see from time to time uh, that I will put out uh, portions of ministry that um, I worked in. Um, uh, looking back and reflecting, I'm I, I'm um, I'm taking a different, different journey. I'm, I'm, I'm the same person, but I'm on, um, a different journey. One that I uh, see myself, I see myself as a, uh, as a type of gatekeeper, for lack of a better term, uh, or, uh, a watch person. Uh, uh, looking out to see what God would allow me to see and to allow me to speak, um, I see myself as an elder now, um, not because of my age, but because mm, my of my goodness. Patterns.
0: My goodness,
2: I, I, I really do, y'all. I, I, and it's 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 innate; it's built in. I can't do anything about it. Um, uh, and I'm and I'm loving it. I, I I do love this role. I don't miss uh, being in the front. I don't miss that. Um, I don't miss supervising people. I don't miss it because in there you gotta you gotta be able to stay divine and human <laughs> uh, to do what is right by God's people and yet carry out the work. That has been assigned to your hand, and so I, I don't miss that. I I, I'm, I I don't miss having to to stress over those kinds of things. Yet I loved it when I did it. <laughs> but the stepping back and the giving up, uh, I'm grateful. I'm grateful to the Lord to be able to let go and know that I'm not missing anything. I'm not missing. I'm not missing. I'm enjoying this, this portion uh, of where I am. I'm loving it.
0: Um, Thank Dr. Dr. George. I want to, we, 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 we got a lot in, in your spirit. I I saw one of the comments um, um, from Reverend Phillips, who said just that your anointing, um, your your sweet, your presence is just coming through the airways, just, just of, um, of who you are. Um, but I want to I, I want to uh, ask you this um, because I, I had a chance to read a portion of it um, um, in in someone else's writing about you. I've had a chance to hear the story of a few others who've told it. I see um, Reverend Dr. Van Carl Williams yelling out Chicago, all all of that, all that Chicago and Delta stuff, you know. But but anyway, um, but tell but if you could tell us about your first pastoral appointment. Wow. And how you revived it with limited resources.
2: Whew. Well, I'm, I'm going to tell you what I have around me. I have around me my, um, I have in my hands now what is called um, a biographical sketch for a church loan from the, my very first church, um, what else? Oh, I have in, uh, in my hands the um, reader-friendly uh, sales book to my bishop to show him what was coming into the life of the church the first year in terms of tithes and offerings wow. and um, fundraisers. And what we were going to do at at this particular edifice. Um, And so, and of course, you know, I have the written document in my hand uh, that we put uh, in writing. Um, But let me share with you that um, I learned uh, to do ministry before going to seminary. Um, my um, background is, is uh, Pentecostal and um, the way I got to the church, I was in search of, uh, uh, got to the CME church. I was in search of a church home because I believe I, at that point, I thought I had outgrown the Pentecostal denomination. I, I, I know that I outgrew Hellfire and Brimstone. I outgrew that. And I was looking for more grace from God. And in so doing, I started um, um, moving around, going to different denominations and um, fellowshipping with different people. And so I was invited to a um, to to preach um, in the CME Church uh, uh, back in nineteen what nineteen ninety I think it was, and uh, from there I fell in love with the church. And I said, when I come back home to Chicago. My first sermon I preached was in Lane Tabernacle, at Lane Tabernacle, the silk stocking church of Lane Tabernacle in St. Louis, Missouri. And when I came back home, I looked for a church. And so to make a long story short, I worked under the leadership of then Dr. Henry uh, Williamson and Bishop Isom appointed me to a merged church church. In twenty, am sorry, nineteen ninety four, he merged two little churches, and uh, he and and appointed me as the pastor. One church, um, was a stovefront, and the only thing that was working in the storefront church was the electricity. There was no water, no gas, and the other church was a burnout. Church on Forty Third and Champlain. There was a fire uh, at that uh, Gothic facility, and he um, said to me, "He said, Essie, I want you to pastor uh, these people. There are six seniors on the Murchison Isom side on the Murchison side, and the Isom side. There's a family, and uh, I want you to pull them together. So, to make a long story short, we." We um, could not meet at either one of the facilities. And God allowed us, the bishop gave us the insurance money from the fire. It was in the bank. It was (laughs) $82,000. And so he said, do what you need to do to make a home for these people. And so the first thing I did was to gather them up. And to let them know that they were, they didn't know me, and I didn't know them, but we were going to become a family. And so we started by telling our stories.
0: So, so there, you 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 started with 82000
2: 82, dollars 82, $82, in the bank. Oh. But remember, now I, I I got properties that are all out there. The city was was on our case about the violations. So a large number of dollars went towards cleaning up the, the violations on the properties, uh, the property on 80th and Ashland and the property on 43rd Street. So we we cleaned up the properties, uh, got all the violations off. And in so doing, I found out that the city was uh, getting ready to redevelop, uh, 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 rather doing gentrification where the, the, the larger church was. And so I looked at that, and I said, well, "We're gonna see what we can do." And so this, uh, this is where this uh, piece comes in, um, and even more so because I told the bishop, I said, "Bishop, we don't want to be in a storefront," and I'm not against storefront churches. I'm not against them, but at that time we did not want to uh, worship in a storefront. So we believed God that God was gonna uh, show. Uh, the bishop that we could handle uh, property notes. So I put that piece together, showed him that we could handle a note of maybe a, about a thousand or 1500 a month. And um, after working with him a while, he said yes. So, uh, but the bottom line was, in terms of developing the community was that we were getting people into the church that were unchurched. Those 15 folk and the six seniors went and got their family members to come to church. And we would have small group sessions Where everybody felt apart, nobody was excommunicated. In other words, no big eyes and little U's. We became a family. And those people learned how to worship, they learned how to commit themselves to God, and they developed a relationship with God for themselves. And, honey, we went to work and we raised as much money as we could. And as, as we raised money, they were bringing in more people, more people. And so we we. it's a beautiful edifice. If you're ever in Chicago, go to 43rd and, and Champlain. Uh, there's an elevator in that church that we put in 26 years ago. <laughs> uh, there's a double-decker office for the pastor on the First floor, the pastor can walk out of her office right onto the to the pulpit. And upstairs there's a, a, a lounging area. And back into her office, there's a full bath. And downstairs there is a fellowship hall. And oh y'all, we, we did we we didn't have that much space, but we took what God gave us and made a home for the people of God. And I would say on roll before I was promoted to the next assignment, we had over 300 people, uh, on the membership role. God blessed us immensely. God blessed Thank us. God today, And I worked full time. I worked a full time job. I worked, um, uh, uh, 11 years before I was promoted to the next, uh, assignment. I worked full-time and pastored. I said full-time. I thought I was working full-time and and going to school. I was working on my doctorate, pastoring, and uh, working uh, for HUD and and, uh, social development for senior citizens. So God gave us the strength. I was hungry uh, to do God's work. I was hungry. And I was I was hungry and I had a lot of role models, I must say. And the role models that I had during that time was not of my denomination. There were folk like uh, uh, I just heard uh, Dr. Uh, Bradford say uh, her bishop. I remember her bishop before she was the bishop. I remember when she was campaigning. She was a role model. Uh, 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 Reverend Dr. Jessica Ingram is the one that spoke into my spirit to go to school. I was wrestling with it, and it was it was Reverend Dr. Jessica Ingram who she and Bishop Greg sort of nurtured me through the years and would afford me the privilege to come there uh, to preach. Uh, and to stay at their home. Uh, Elaine, uh, uh, Reverend Dr. Elaine, congratulations again to her. Uh, and of course, the queen of them all uh, uh, at a distance uh, was um, uh, uh, Dr. Uh, Brian. Right. I've, mm. I've loved her down through the years. Yeah. That's a powerful one. These are the <laughs> sisters that i watched. Hallelujah. My God today down through the years, uh, and was able to communicate and do workshops at different places with them. And also, they it wasn't just them, there were folks like um, a, a Dr. Jeremiah A. Wright Jr. took me under his wing, because I used to sing a lot back in the day with a group called The Voices of Melody. And um he and the director were, were friends. And so Dr. Wright took me under his wing and would allow me to come and preach and teach on uh, there at his church on Good Fridays during those days. Oh, it was swing from the chandelier days, I called. <laughs> My God, today.
1: So Dr. Clark George.
2: Yes. You are an
1: amazing woman of God. And I am just so so grateful to know you. Um, you have not only spoken life into many others, but you've spoken life into me, and I'm just grateful for that. We have a we have a chi, 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 uh, Chicagoite that wants to ask a question um, in the chat section. Um, Dr. Marjorie Hamilton Scott, she says, ask Dr. J- Clark George to share about her role and experience in women's spirituality empowered of Chicago. Ah! That takes you back, so you know she's from Chateau.
2: <laughs> the first thing, the one of the first things I learned in ministering to women—I didn't hear it quite well—but I'm going, I'm going to go where I think I need to go. Okay. Is to learn that there's room for all women in ministry. and that spirit uh, of competition has no place. uh. Um, when you're clear on who you are in God, that whatever gifts you have, God will make room for you. You don't have to be in a cluster or group or run in a crowd, but God will make room for your gifts and your graces. And, and, and that's what I've always leaned on, um. I'm a Mississippi girl. I never had um educated folk around me growing up. So I learned as I moved on in life. And and I I took those steps one by one, uh looking and and digesting what I saw around me. And one was not to be jealous of sisters who can preach better than me, who who has a contoured body, uh, who can sing, shout, dance, whatever her gifts are, I embrace them. I embrace them. So for women in ministry, I think the key thing for us is to learn how to embrace other women in ministry, embrace their gifts, and, 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 and do away with that competitive thing. That competitive thing is a killer. Oh my God. I, I agree with that. Question. Thank you. Thank you, Reverend. I don't know if I answered your question, Reverend Scott, but the key is to walk in the gifts God has given you. Amen. Live out your gifts and graces and doors will open for you. You won't have to open doors. You won't have to nuance people to get doors open. Your gifts mm-hmm. will open the doors for you. Wow. Uh, Just be faithful. Be faithful to God. The rest Mm -hmm. will fall in place.
1: There's a particular ministry she's speaking of. It's Women Spirituality Empowered of Chicago.
2: I am not aware. Uh, I I hear you, but I'm Uh unaware of that group. Okay. Uh, I'm not a part of that group. Maybe she's I think she's
1: referencing how do you empower women um, in that regard, because she wants to understand. I think what you mentioned is um, jealousy, competition and growing together and loving on each other um, and empowering women.
2: Mm -hmm. Um, I I, I believe so. I believe that we must empower each other, Mm -hmm. each other's gifts, each other's graces. And be patient with oneself if you are not there. Uh, at that same place a sister is. Mm-hmm. Y'all don't yeah.
0: really. yeah.
2: But I've seen too much of this. I've seen too oh. much of uh, uh, of shucking and jiving, or like mm. a better term, in ministry uh, versus... Just knowing whatever gifts you have, if you stay faithful to God, God will open doors for you. But there is a, a, a price to pay. Amen. Oh, we you got to pay, Ooh. and one is to give up yourself. That's it. We we you know you you one of the first things that I had to get over. Is Essie, mm. oh. yeah, and I'm still right. working on her, and I'm 75. You oh, don't arrive, is. you don't arrive, you do. Yeah. I don't care what you say, you don't arrive. Yeah. <laughs> it's a constant giving up of yourself, yeah, a constant letting go, it's a yeah. constant saying yes to God, and and, and so if you want to be in power. Uh, Learn a life of fasting A life of prayer And a life of giving up Of yourself Letting go of your flesh You just say it from there Flesh will kill you Come on here It will And and y'all know I'm not lying Yes No I'm not Flesh is something else baby
0: Dr. Dr. George, um, I think to kind of continue to pick up perhaps on where I saw a couple of our viewers. So in the years, and I think you've already started there. The years you've been in ministry. What are some things you can specifically share with women and with women in ministry? How to navigate through the highs and lows of ministry?
2: Um, since I'm CME. Um... One of the things that I think we need to do—I I touched on developing a life of prayer—because if you're talking about pastoring, you need to be able to hear God's voice. You got to be able to hear hear the voice of God. You got to be able to hear God's voice from the people's voice says. Um. Um, and I think I'm working on that. I, ask me that question again because I got a little lost. I, I, I what, what did you say the question was?
0: <laughs> um, um, can you share with women in ministry um, how to navigate through highs okay. and lows? Uh, navigation.
2: First of all, if you're in, if you're in a, uh, well, the consecration, a life of prayer. The other, if you're in a mainline denomination, you need to learn the written laws of that denomination. You need to know the laws and the polity of that denomination, the written laws. And you also need to learn the unwritten laws because there are some unwritten laws and rules and there are some unspoken ones. You need to be able to know those. Study it and know what you're getting into, what you're walking into, uh, and wh- and examine yourself as you go along. That's what I've what I've done. I've I've navigated mm-hmm. by looking at myself and saying, "Girl, are you gonna be able to handle this right here, <laughs> uh, or, or what you gonna do? You you gonna speak up, or you gonna duck hide?" Are you What you going to do? Are you going to take a stand? For an example, when we were trying to get uh, working towards uh, getting uh, Bishop Snorton elected um, back in 2010, uh, those were touch and go days. Uh, and it was it was a time where brothers in our denominations on the college, as well as uh, uh, behind the pulpits, was didn't want to hear about it. So we, we several of us navigated by using the wisdom that God had given us. Uh, we navigated by not acting out when they thought they could push a button, some of them. We didn't adhere to the button pushing. We prayed <laughs> and we stayed before God. We stayed before God and... We networked, conference calls, we networked, and we, we helped sisters to see that it was time. So you got to be wise. Use the wisdom God gives you to navigate. Know the laws uh, that you're working with, the written laws and the unwritten ones, mm, and, 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 and ask God for favor. Uh, Because favor, as they say, is not fair,
1: but it's necessary.
2: Uh, Absolutely. (laughs) So uh, that's what that's what that's that's all I can say is consecrate, dedicate, give yourself over to God. And you I don't want to sound like I'm bragging, but I got to say this. You'll see more on your knees than you will ever see with your eyes. Come on. And God will show you who to go to. My Lord. Yeah, yes Yes, ma'am. ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes, yes
0: ma'am. You ma'am. Ma'am. You you ma'am. Yes,
2: ma'am. Thank, Thank
1: you. You have, <laughs> what you just said, you'll see more on your knees than you, you will with your eyes. I am a witness to that.
2: Uh, it's you real. Have,
1: yes, ma'am. <laughs> You have um, been in ministry for quite some time, and you are you may not be in the denomination, but you're still in ministry. Yes. But our title today is Things I Would Change. Mm-hmm. The lessons
2: you've learned in
1: ministry, what would you do differently? Uh,
2: what I would do differently is work on myself first. One, I would eat better. Oh, God. I would get more rest. A, a, a sick doctor cannot work on patients. So, so I would work on Essie. Uh, uh, and I would not eat late at night like I used to do. Um, What else?
0: Oh, my God.
2: I would change that. And uh, I would be more patient. Oh, hallelujah. Uh, if I could change it, I would. I would be more patient um, with the people that got on my nerves. Got on my nerves. Uh, I would be more patient. I I, I. I would. I would. Um. I would spend more time uh, working on myself to love the people more. To love the people, love the people, love the people. To love, to love, can I be real with you? To love some of the hell out of them that they would be willing to That's meet with at That's a safe it. place. That's, That's my it. mantra, That's Dr. It. Clark
1: George. That is
2: my mantra. Come on okay. here. <laughs> really? Okay. That's Damn. it. That's if, it. If I could change that, you gotta love them. I, 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 would, I would have, if I could change anything, I would take. Um, my second pastorate, I I I would um, I would have fed the people instead of, instead of five days a week in the old building to seven days a week because in the community, because uh on on Saturdays and Sundays they needed some place to eat too, but some of the people that I pastored them, you know, they they gave me flat about feeding the homeless on the weekend Monday through Friday was good but I, I, I would change that that's I would change that and I would also change the amount of time I spent at City hall uh looking into social justice movement for the for the needy I would change it Uh, I I would change so much of that that they would be sick of seeing me. They'd just say yes and give me programs and grants just to get me out of there. Because there's a need. Our need is so great, and it was great then. But I got caught up in doing church work. Uh, I got caught up that I kind of lost focus on being able to balance it off like I used to do when I first started out. I had to do all over again. I would, uh, I would be downstate at the state hall, looking at all the laws, and, uh, looking at reforming this and reforming that, looking at uh, mental institutions, um, a place for people that's been thrown out in the streets. I would be trying to get folk some help yeah oh, y'all don't want me to talk about what I <laughs> oh yes oh yes well, I here. could change it I I I uh if I had it to do all over again I would spend more time in the base community revitalizing um working with the older persons uh, uh, uh with the mayor uh, you know just trying to make a difference in the life of God's people, um, and and I think that is why I do what I do now with my, with this platform, uh, crying out and speaking out on different issues, and it's uh, it all pins around uh, social freedom. I agree with that. Oh, life is around social freedom. Yeah. Wow. Freedom of worship. Freedom of speech. Freedom, uh, uh, to be happy, healthy, and whole in whatever gender you choose to be in. I, I, no. Oh my hey, god, Doctor now Doctor that's, new god. that's new growth. That's new growth because I spent many years being extremely judgmental, oh. many years judging folk, but I've learned that all people, same gender lovers, uh, uh have a right to be who they say they are. That's New growth for, for me. That's new growth for me. That's new growth, freedom, freedom, freedom. Mm. Yeah, honestly, it is. And then I know a lot of church folk, a lot of leaders don't want to talk it, but all people belong to God. Yes, I don't see anywhere in the, the Holy Writ where Jesus made a difference in God's people. Didn't I see know. Y'all, y'all know I'm a preacher, so y'all have to bring me in, <laughs> but Jesus. Jesus loved everyone and Jesus is my role model. That's it. Jesus is the role model. My mind. Revolutionary. Jesus was a revolutionary. That's Not someone it. that hid behind the bushes. He Uh-oh. made a difference. Mm. No. In the d- light d- of d- God's people. You are full d- of the Holy d-
1: Ghost d- and you oh. have with the evidence of speaking of tongues, and I know you've seen miracles. There's a question here in the chat uh, from Reverend Phillips. What's the greatest miracle you've experienced Mm. or you've witnessed?
2: The greatest miracle that I've experienced is when my first husband and I uh, was about to lose our home. Mm. That was in 1970. 475 somewhere in there. And we did not. I was one am from the old school back in them days. Wife's supposed to be at home, honey. She ain't supposed to work. I didn't know yes, she did need to work. <laughs> needed a job. Okay. <laughs> so I'm at home cooking and cleaning, and poor man could hardly manage on his salary. So he got behind in the nook. And when I knew anything, we were in foreclosure mm. and of course, I hurried up and got me a job and uh, and started working, but it was we were in foreclosure and let me tell you what happened. Mm. I'd gone everywhere we went everywhere back then was the, the loan companies that would no loan company would allow a uh, 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 loan us any money. The church that I was attending at that time. Uh, wouldn't uh, let us have anything, and uh, had gone everywhere. And out of nowhere, a lawyer called me. Uh, we had had an accident in a car three years before we were in foreclosure. My Lord. A lawyer from that accident called and said, hello, uh, uh, is this Miss? is this Mrs. Clark? I said, yes, it is. He said, this is attorney so-and-so, so-and-so from the so-and-so, so-and-so. We got money down here for you. I said, wait, hold on. Say that again. Repeat yourself. He said, we have money down here. Come on downtown and get this money. Mm. I said, wait a minute. Can you tell me how much it is? I started jumping up and down. He said, no, ma'am. I, You know, come on down. And let me tell you what had happened when I had the job, the, you know, the new job I'd gotten down on Michigan Avenue in human service and all that stuff. I had confessed to the lawyers who were getting ready to take our home that I served a God that was going to meet my needs. <laughs> Y'all don't hear me. Listen, listen here. Oh, my God. When that lawyer called me, I, when my husband got home from work, I said, I said, baby, the lawyer called. He said, what? I said, the lawyer called. He said, we got money. We can save our house. He said, no. I said, yes. I said, that means we can go and pay the lawyers off that's fighting for the mortgage company. When we got through, we went downtown, picked up that check after the lawyer got his little money out of it. We had ten thousand dollars. We didn't owe the uh, the, the foreclosure, but $4,000. you all don't hear me. <laughs> hey. I said, now, baby, let's go to the bank. Let's go to the bank and let's get there. And let's get them a card for being patient with us. Because mm. I told those folks, I said, I serve a God. I said, I'm from Mississippi. All I know uh, is how to take little and make something. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. 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 I said, mm-hmm. the God I serve yeah. is not going to let you. Take Jesus. our house, my God! The God I serve is gonna make a way. Don't ask me how I don't know, but the Jesus. God I serve will make a way. Um, we got that ten thousand dollars. We uh, paid them therefore, and you know we had six left, right? So we took that six and that same church. Oh my! That. that same church that did not help us. I paid tithes. I paid my God. Mm. as a means to rebuke the enemy because I was determined to do right by God. I was determined to do right by God. And from that day, my faith took a leap. I, I have not been the same.
0: Mm.
2: I've never been the same. I've never been the same. Everything I asked God for mm. down through the years in God's own timing, not mine. But in God's own timing, God provided. God provided. Even down to getting married the second time. In God's own time. In God's own time. And I'm telling you, from out of nowhere they called. Okay? And God made a way. I haven't been the same since then. That taught me a valuable lesson. Faith without work is dead. You can have all the faith you want, you can speak it every unknown tongue. <laughs> but if you don't exercise, put some action with it, ain't nothing going to God honors our faith, and faith moves you act. God. So, y'all got me up in here, Karen. <laughs>
0: Dr. No. Dr. George, we we only have just a, a few seconds um, yes, left, but but okay. but we want to give you an opportunity to tell us to let the viewing audience know about um your broadcast that you have going and and also your book, and so do that for us, and um and and we'll close out.
2: All right, um, Praxis um, Network, <laughs> Ecumenical Ministry. Is one for persons who are authentic, prophetic, and transformative, and people seeking to be. It's a safe platform for anyone that wants to come on and share with us. A place where you can come and peel back the layers of your life and find a non judgmental um, situation. Uh, just a place where we can come and share. And and God has blessed us. Uh, I've had you on, uh, Dr. Byrne. You'll be back. You'll be back. And in terms of uh, this book, I've told you the story of this book. Um, they said it couldn't be done. The impact of stewardship. Uh, the, the bishop um, blessed us. We were able to get that loan over a quarter of a million dollars. And then he matched it. So we ended up with a half million dollars uh, to do that edifice. And we were faithful to God. We did not mess over the, God's money. We were faithful over mm-hmm. every dime of that money. And so it's out. You can get it on Amazon, uh, Bonds and Noble, mm-hmm. um, Apple. It's there. It's the, it's the story mm-hmm. of loving people sharing and caring. That's it, Dr. Barnes. Mm-hmm. Thank you all for letting me come and be with y'all. Y'all know I love you. Thank <laughs> you so much.
1: We mm-hmm. love you, Dr. George. Um, this has been incredible. Um, all I could hear is Tamar Mann's song, um, mm-hmm. God provides. My
2: Lord, yeah. It's
1: hard to say when you when there's no food to eat, but God provides in ways I can't explain and can't deny. So we thank God for you. Thank you for being Thanks. our guest today, for sharing your wisdom, for allowing you to use you and the Holy Spirit speaking through you.